Cool. Uh, <laughs> Tim, tools of the trade. Fresh points. Yes. Uh, no, fresh points. <laughs> okay. okay, let's start again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 164 mm-hmm. of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley here with my favorite limited editions, Tim Daygame Wassum and Johnny Autumn Trilogy Gamber. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. I just uh, remembered 164 on the fly because Johnny had 161 in there. <laughs> yeah. Good improvisation. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping you on your toes. I can't believe I, <laughs> I did that on my, on my feet. <laughs> so later we're going to have a little retrospective of the Field Notes colors, color editions, they, uh, just to celebrate their 50th quarterly edition, which would come out. We kind of wanted to celebrate that milestone. So we're going to talk about our favorite editions what we love about field notes in general, and also just some feedback from our from our community, just some well-loved releases there. But first, before we do that, let's jump into the tools of the trade. Tim, how about you? Well, I have been reading a book that I, I know I've talked about before, but I didn't get all the way to the end of it because it's very long, but now it's summer, and so I started it right before the summer break started, and I'm going to finish it this time. The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss which I know I've talked about before when I first had started reading it and was loving it and got pretty far into it, but just didn't finish. And it just seemed like a fun reading experience. It's like, I remember talking about it because it was one of the only fantasy books that I like was willing to read. Like, uh, I hate fantasy, but this one sounded good. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, and it is, it's very good. I'm enjoying that a lot. And it's like, it's part of a three book trilogy and there's going to be a, th- we've been like, the third one's been in the works for like a decade, <clears throat> but the main character basically sits down with a, like a scribe who's like collecting stories around this world. And he gets three days with this guy named Kavath. And so every book is one day of storytelling from him. So he tells like, so everything that's in the first book, he told him in one day and then, you know, so on, hmm. but tells like his life story or at least how he got to, it. yeah, it's a really cool book. And on Johnny's recommendation, I read Steal Like an Artist in about 20 minutes. And it was really wonderful. (laughs) I remember the first time I came across it, which would have been a a good long while ago. But I remember for some reason, it gave me this really like eye roll inducing vibe. I don't know. I was just like, I remember like the first time I saw it and just was not interested and I don't know why now, because I read through it. And I just, I mean, blew through it and and loved it. And actually, I found it after I had read it, I found the audiobook on Scribd and just started listening to it again, like in the car, just kind of back to back. So, yeah, yeah. He, he just released all three of his books together as a yeah, audio Yeah, that's the one that's on Scribd now. You can, you can listen. Yeah, I wish the... The paper books came that way because they match. It would be so satisfying. Yeah, yeah that, w- that would be nice to have like a workshop companion style box, like those like cardboard sleeve. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make, one. make me one too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really loved it. My favorite takeaway during my songwriting times, you know, I've talked about that several times recently, is I love the part where he talks about when you're, whatever you're creating, whatever the thing is that you want to create, find the person that you most admire. So for me, I was like thinking about Jason Isbell and he just said, and he just says to spend as much time as you possibly can knowing their work inside and out. Like no matter how long it takes, learn, you know, learn their songs, study their paintings, whatever it is. And then once you get done with that, find three people that really influence them 
and then just kind of keep that chain going as far as you can. So, I mean, that's like years and years of work. So it was just this really cool, like paragraph that gives you your own, you know, your own MFA or something. Do you think there's like a, like a patient zero of creativity? Do you think like everybody... Like a Kevin Bacon um, of creativity? All goes back to like, yeah, like everybody all goes back <laughs> yeah, to like... probably. Bob Dylan. Or, oh, sure. <laughs> or like yeah, yeah, I was or say somebody. Like Homer yeah. or something. Yeah. Shakespeare, probably. You know, it's overrated, but probably Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Says the English teacher. And I'm not joking. <laughs> so, yeah, I really loved it. And I'm ready. I'm going to read the other ones, but I, I did that thing where I, I hold back from jumping right into the second book in a series or whatever. I'm just kind of withholding for a while, and then I'm going to read it in the next couple of weeks at some point. What's the second one? Is it? going keep going or show your work, your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah that one's my favorite one that one's oh, cool. so good well yeah i'll probably i mean they're all good but that one's got a lot of practical nice. stuff in it. i'll yeah i might listen to that one while i i've been playing a lot of disc golf recently getting back into that which has been a really fun way to get outside and get some exercise and i can listen to it while i do that so is disc golf and frisbee yes. golf the same thing yeah same thing Okay. And as far as listening to something really strange comes over me every summer when the weather gets warm <laughs> and I am free of work obligations temporarily. Suddenly all I can do is listen to the Grateful Dead. Just comes <laughs> over me like a just a flood of good vibes and hippie dancing. And I, this time and I so I went about I, there's this insane podcast. I don't know if you know, do you know who Stephen Hyden is? He's a rock critic. He has a podcast. Mm -hmm. He used to have just like a music podcast, but now he has one that's called 36 from the vault that I've been listening to where they review the archive releases or they do episodes on every archive release from the Grateful Dead, which is like there's been 36 of them. So that's 36 from the vault. The title of this series is very unfortunate these days. They didn't know this when they picked it back in the back in the you know 90s when these started coming out. The series is called Dick's Picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wondered when you you wrote you yeah. wrote this down in the no. notes. I was like, yeah. what is he going to yeah. talk about? Yeah, they they spend like most of the first episode just talking about like got everybody who's listening just get used to it. You're going to hear us say dicks picks a lot. <laughs> it's not that. It's because the guy who was the archiv archivist for the for the Grateful Dead chose you know 36 or I don't think he did all 36. I think he did like the first 19. But he he hand selected shows from the archives to release to like a you know wider audience. And I've been listening to volume 14, <laughs> Dick's Picks 14, which is maybe my favorite one that I've ever listened to. And it's it's helped me discover it. That's the great thing about the Grateful Dead is that it, you find like there's like a little pocket of their music that you hadn't listened to in a while or didn't know that you liked in 1973 as a year that I haven't listened to many of their shows. And so now I'm just kind of, I don't know, obsessed with 1973 Grateful Dead. That's me. <laughs> So, so, so back back with the dead. <laughs> and I am writing with a Mitsubishi 9800 in F that I just got recently from Jet Pens. I, I did a, nice. a big F in order, meaning I got a bunch of F pencils, like everything I could find on, <laughs> on uh, Jet Pens. I got some high uni, a dozen high unis in F because that was my favorite. And then I got another Mono 100 in F and I've got Oh, no, sorry. I got Mono 100s in F. I got another high uni in F because I like those too. And then I got this one. So all these different F grade pencils and I, I've really been enjoying them lately. And I am writing in uh, a notebook I mentioned last week, which is the Maraman 
B5 report pad, which I think I had said was going to be my letter writing kind of pad when I actually sit down and do the letter writing that I've been meaning to do. And uh, yeah. it's a it's a really good notebook for a hard pencil. It's super smooth paper. And so I'm, this is a perfect combo. I'm very satisfied. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Johnny? Nice. Nice. So my first book is A Keep Going, the third book from Austin Cleon. I'm continuing my minor obsession with Mr. Cleon. Cleon, yeah, Cleon lately. So this one is about, you know, how to keep going, being creative when the world is starting to look really effed up. So this was before COVID. So it was like extra relevant now. But, you know, it was the same sort of format as the other ones. They match, which is nice. And this one had the title that's most related to what's in it. Does that make sense? And so I sort of have a hobby of reading thorough biographies and Hemingway biographies. So I'm reading Thoreau, A Life of the Mind by Richardson, who wrote Emerson, The Mind on Fire. Hmm. I think that's the title. And I commented to Cleon that that was a good book because he mentioned something else. And he's like, oh, yeah, I read that. I'm reading the James one. I'm like, oh, this guy is one from William James. So that makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not my fault. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) That's him, right? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. yeah. Well, so wears, what what just happened glasses. that that is terrible for podcasting <laughs> is that in the in the show notes that we're kind of going through, somebody wrote "Keep Going" by Austin Klingon <laughs> instead yeah. of Cleon, and I just dropped in a very large picture of Gauron, who is the Chancellor of the Klingon Empire in Star Trek: The Next Generation, in Deep Space Nine. And um, startle Johnny a little bit, so. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, and startle Johnny. Because he has very scary eyes. Yeah, he has the same green eyes as I, <laughs> that I have. I thought I mean, this was You me. two are practically twins. <laughs> yeah. Just as much hair. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my beard grows up a little higher on my cheeks. <laughs> yeah, than that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, anyway, the, the Thoreau biography skips all of the stuff before college, which is good because that stuff's pretty boring. <laughs> and it's just like, an intellectual biography of Thoreau as a writer and a thinker and talks a lot about his, his reading, how much he loved Homer. And it's like really, really cool. I'm ashamed that I hadn't already read it. And I'm also consuming crap tons of colored paper, making my Tuesday zines, but that's fun because colored paper is fun. And I'm writing with a brood X notebook by story supply company and Headbone with a, Musgrave single barrel because I kind of like the theme of things remaining hidden for a while like that wood was and like these Hmm. really terrifying bugs are (laughs) have been (laughs) how about you Andy oh man what have I I'm still reading that book I think I talked about last time called The Effort which is a kind of a Station Eleven style near future disaster like disaster story there's a meteor heading to earth and there's a team that's team of scientists who are trying to work on ways to stop it, but also it has a lot about sort of societal collapse and what happens in the wake of of imminent death, right? So it's pretty good, <laughs> depressing, but, but very good. And last night, Katie and I started watching this show called Hacks. It's on HBO, and it is a it's about a Gene Smart plays this kind of like superstar comedian, stand up comedian who just does has done thousands of 
shows in Las Vegas and this and who's just starting to kind of decline in popularity. And this woman who is a comedy writer who's who's new, kind of new in the industry and is looking for a, looking for a break after she gets fired from working on a TV show and goes to goes to write for for this woman. And it's pretty good. Just a it's like a buddy cop movie if it wasn't cops it was it were women comedians. And okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, it's just a really good show and then we're also the second to last episode of Mayor of Easttown was was yesterday as we record and I'm looking forward to that thrilling conclusion. It's a really good it's a really good show. I still maintain Johnny you would really love it. So Yeah, I was trying to remember what it was called when I was looking for a new show this weekend. Yeah, Mare of M A R E. I don't know if her name is Mary and people call her Mare or if her name is Mare like a like a horse, right? Mare <laughs> of e- of Easttown. But yeah, sometimes they just drop in some East PA accent, which I'm sure you can distinguish the difference between that and a Baltimore accent, Johnny. Yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> lots of lots of water. 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 A lot of water down water. there. Water. It's there under the bridge. It's water. Water. Under the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> and I am right. Writing... <laughs> I was just imagining Andy like <laughs> driving in his car and like listening to a tape that like is teaching him how to speak Baltimore. Like like repeating this stuff. Yeah, John, Johnny yeah, Johnny's just like and you have to repeat after Water you have to have a conversation with the tape. Under <laughs> yeah, don't try to sound smart. It won't yeah. work. I'm writing in my uh, Field Notes 50 ledger, which we'll talk about with a... It happens to be America's finest pencil. It's a prestige black <laughs> pencil that Tim sent me that... Where did you get yep. Tim from a Kroger? <laughs> the yeah. finest Kroger in the land. <laughs> just, yeah. Those things never went super mainstream yeah. like they said they would. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I really like it. I Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those ones where it's... Not a amazing pencil, but it is way better than you mm-hmm. think it's going to be because it's a pencil yep. from Kroger. So yeah, right with that. Cool. cool. All right, let's move on to Fresh Points. And Tim, you're All up. Right. I got one pretty cool thing to talk about from Musgrave. So they just released something new, which they're calling the Heritage Collection, which a big thank you to Musgrave for sending us a sample of this really awesome Awesome product. Got it with a nice note from Nicole uh, the other day. And it is, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go check it out. It comes in, I think my favorite part of it is the tube that it comes in. It comes in this pencil, a tube that looks like a pencil. And then inside are, is it a dozen? I'm counting it right now. Um, two, four, ten, six, eight, twelve, ten, yeah. twelve. Yes. Twelve, basically a sampler pack of Musgrave pencils. So you get the test scoring 100 is in here, the Hermitage, the, the red one, the Harvest, the Cub, the Choo Choo, the Tot. Is that what this one? I don't know if I've ever had one of these before. The, the Tot. Yeah, it's like a mini jumbo. I'm excited about that one. The News, which we've talked about here before. Yeah, the My Pal, which I think I talked about a lot when I used to be obsessed with the Laddie, which, you know, still because it's kind of oh, in the yeah. same ballpark. <laughs> the Tennessee Red, of course. The the Unigraph. Those always make me think of our old pal Cody because he gave me like a gave me like a thousand yeah. of these back in the day when he was kind of like downsizing his stash. But this one, the one I have is an F. Ooh, well, set that aside. Oh. I didn't I didn't notice that before. The series, and then it also mm-hmm. comes with the bugle. So that's the spread that you guys. That's a really cool spread of sort of classic Musgrave pencils. And yeah, like I said, the 
the tube is just some really, really killer design. Huge pink eraser on the bottom. Love it. It looks a lot like the the tube that the Baron Fig archers yes. come in, just, just yes. bigger. Yes, maybe like yeah. 20% bigger. Like, it's just like, because that archer yeah. one was like, I mean, you could barely fit 12 pencils in there. It was super tight. Like, they had it locked down. This one's got some wiggle they, room. They had, to, they had to do yes, math in did. order to make that work. Yeah. <laughs> they had to math that. And this one just, it looks, it looks great. Um, and it's, uh, it's like 13 bucks, which is a pretty good deal, especially, I mean, with the tube. Because this is just kind of, I mean, it, it carries the pencils to use but I, I can also imagine using this for years to come to keep to keep pencils in on a desk or something or even to to travel with yeah I think it's uh, yeah pretty good deal do you get what do you guys think swoon i i love love mm-hmm. sampler packs like i remember when kel cedar started offering them kind of i think it was even before blackwing was maybe it was just one of the sampler packs but they had one that had like the the Palomino and the golden bear and the prospector and the spangle. Like they had, they had a really good sampler pack. And that's, I mean, honestly, a sampler pack from pencil things is what got me into mm. pencils. So I love the idea, especially a sampler pack of Musgrave pencils that are all just so just the colors are different and the designs, like the stamps are so different. I just, I just love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. And then that, that Kate, that tube too is just a, such a good, like display item. I actually put mine on the shelves I have in my, my yeah, zoom backdrop. So people, that's can, a good call. Yeah. <laughs> now here's, here's a big question. Yeah. Do you put it eraser down or do you put it eraser up? Cause I feel oh, like they want I, us to put it eraser um, down, but it also feels so right. Oh, that's a to good do point. Eraser up. Yeah. And then on the website, it's eraser up. Right. Like, yeah, I definitely do it eraser yeah. up, but like with um, the, I th- sort of I, inner sleeve it seems yeah. like it's meant to be the other way i don't know but yeah that's a good point yeah yeah i, d- I definitely do eraser up but i will i will tinker around with my with <laughs> yeah. my display yeah it's definitely the more natural way to <laughs> to set it down but i don't know yeah yeah so i think that was a really cool addition <laughs> a yet another cool addition to the musgrave catalog i know they've got new stuff coming out all the time and they just they're working really hard to yeah i don't know like kind of uh, this sounds like i don't mean this to be mean but like bring musgrave into the 21st century you know and this yeah. is this is a great great addition so yeah yeah, yeah. they're doing everything right they're very good at what they do i've said this already yes. yeah. yeah right get it mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all i got can't eye roll on Zencaster. So. <laughs> is, is that good? Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. That's all I've got. So how about you, Johnny? So I got out my latest pencil zine a little late because I changed the format. So instead of it being like 20 pages on one theme that is really hard to write, it has sections, which is cool. And then still a um, special theme but then it turns out that doing all of those sections is like trying to do NaNoWriMo with uh, short stories and so much effing work so yeah it was late but it won't be late next month and it has comics by my daughter I had to pay her which I'm not happy about (laughs) an interview with like my oldest pencil friend so and it's bright yellow so go get it while they're shipping free because when the new one comes out they don't ship free anymore because it's breaking my back and charlotte's Um, agent is henry right because he's rough i mean he's like he's he's a (laughs) brutal negotiator he is just the right height to kneecap you 
That's what it says on his business card. And, um, I think <laughs> he just right. I he think actually, that the 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 Hen- Henry Wassum and Henry Gamber have have an agency. It's, it's Henry and Henry. H <laughs> square. <laughs> yeah, he Henry picked up an old brass roller of mine today that I didn't even know was on the shelf. He's like, "Can I have this?" I'm like, "Oh my god, hell no!" Yeah, um, I, he was taking a yardstick and acting like a ninja with it one time. I'm like, oh my god. But yeah, so if you are a Patreon supporter of five or more dollars a month, then you get our quarterly zine, and you also would have gotten a notice today from Patreon with a really short two question survey before we put the next one out next month, just regarding the size and suggestions for topics that you want us to cover at some point. So thank you to everybody that already answered it, but it's anonymous. So if you asked us a question, we can't really answer it back, hmm. but thank you for the feedback. And if you J- want to jump in, hmm? what's their cutoff for becoming a pa- patron to get the zine? <laughs> when I print it, <laughs> like, I guess like the second week of June, Third week of June, something like that. Yeah, I try to put them out around the equinox and the solstice just because it feels good. So, yeah, by by the end of June, I'll make some extras. Last time I checked, we have well over 100 folks due to get it. So that's good. (laughs) And yeah, I so far the votes are to do it in quarter sheet again, Hmm. which is cool. That was, I thought it would be fun to stretch out, but it was, it felt weird. I felt like I was doing my other zine. And for my last one, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this one. Yeah, I was, I got my second COVID shot a week and a half ago and took Charlotte with me because I figure that, you know, the kids are probably going to get them soon. And I wanted them to see that it's not a big deal. So then we sat outside for some coffee and a bird took a giant crap on my brood X notebook. <laughs> I mean, like, it was like an eagle. <laughs> I looked at it for a second. I'm like, there's no way. This oh, bird gross. Was, like, Jesus. Pour a yogurt from like, second floor window or something <laughs> i mean it would have been like five yogurts it was just, i'm like what the hell it was bad I'm like well, i would I mean, love I, to know if if with this brudex notebook if there have been any like birds dive bombing the notebook thinking it was a cicada i would be the cicada from hell that thing is big <laughs> like i would run very far <laughs> that bird's about but to get angry and carry you away. yeah i mean it's a the drawing is super realistic so I don't know. I mean, they're everywhere, but apparently they come out in such numbers because predators can't keep up and that way enough of them can breed without getting eaten. Something like, ew. But there, <laughs> there are pieces of them everywhere, like a wing, half of a thorax. And I predict that my, that my very sensitive son would start getting sad and feel pity for the bugs. And he does. He's like, daddy, it's so Aww. sad. I'm like circle of life, man. Birds got to eat. <laughs> He's like, stupid birds. <laughs> So, yeah. But uh, Corey dropped another one in the mail to me that hasn't come yet because my mail is so screwed up. But thank oh, you nice. very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's There's a really book. good website that one of the newspapers set up. I have to go remember which one it is, but it's one of those like parallax scrolling stories where as you scroll the story and read little sections, it tells you like the the screen changes and things kind of animate. And it's about the, the life cycle of a cicada during during brood x and it's just Ugh. it's just amazing how completely pointless their lives are <laughs> in baltimore people still call them locusts like it's a 17 year locust like, no like if that happened we you know especially if the election had gone differently it would feel like the end of the world yeah 
But uh, it doesn't feel like the end of the world. Just they're very loud and they move slowly, so it's kind of creepy. So, like, literally, you walk down the street and you're like, I don't want to kill any of these things. And you're like, jumping around, like, don't break yeah. your mother's back. It's yep. bizarre. But, uh, yeah, how about you, Andy? I just realized that all three of my fresh points don't have anything to do with pencils, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is funny. The first one I was going to mention is issue three of my 404 magazine came out. Uh, last, the last cover. Week. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I have one in the mail to both of Yay. you guys. And it Thank is, you. yeah, it's another spread longer than my last one, but it is a really great, if I do say so myself, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a zine that has mostly original poetry. And I have a section of human computer collaborations through through your like auto suggest feature and like the auto the auto suggest algorithm in, in like your texts that can like sometimes make a really strange like phrase or sentence so i'm really yeah really a a big fan of this one we had a really a lot of really good contributors my friend brian sterling lewis did the did the cover and he was he's been playing a lot with halftones and kind of like the vintage comic book aesthetic lately and so when we started talking about this i was like brian can you make me like it just looks like an old like batman comic style computer that's like the poetry computer and i don't know what it would have on it maybe like a screen that says like, you know, a line from a limerick and a bunch of knobs and patch cables and like little visualizers and sliders. And yeah, he just he just really went for it. So it looks amazing. I kind of like promised myself that I wouldn't with 404, I wouldn't get quite as elaborate with the designs as as we do with Plumbago, but I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, big fan of this one. So uh, go to 404.computer if you would like to buy a copy. And yeah, we have we have three of them now. I'm really excited. I'm 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 thinking the next one. Just going back to a really simple cover. I have a bunch of Craft Brown from French Notebook, or excuse me, French Paper Company pages left from when we did Plumbago Four. And I was thinking about maybe just like having a really simple design and making a custom rubber stamp and just rubber stamping the covers. What's That's what's cool. the weight of that paper? I think it's maybe like sixty five pound cover. I have to check and make sure, but it's it's the exact same paper we used for Plumbago Four, the creative creative nonfiction and memoir paper. Okay, cool. That could be good for disposable. Yeah, maybe. in the future. Yeah, awesome. Very awesome. I think I have enough. Let me let me check and see how much I have. But I spent a crap load of money with French Paper Company when I bought that, so I wanted to get. Like, <laughs> A bunch. So yeah, let me let me check my supply and I'll send it to you or I'll let you know. Yeah. I want to mention, I, I can't remember if I followed up on this, but I finally, finally bought a mechanical keyboard. I've been talking about it and have been thinking about it for so long. I may have mentioned it in the last, in the last episode. I think maybe I had ordered it, but it hadn't been gotten here yet. But I don't know if you, I've been trying to like mute myself when I'm typing because you can probably hear the keyboard. A little bit. Yeah, Not too much. <laughs> um, huge fan. I love the way it feels. I really like how, yeah, just like how it sounds when I'm like typing fast. It just makes me, I just feel like I'm just hacking into the mainframe. It makes me feel like a like a TV hacker. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson I, and Jurassic joined a Park. Couple... Like... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, your butts. Your butts. <laughs> yeah. I have been really just like digging into just... Like, you know, you think you are really into a hobby and then you realize that you don't even know, right? Like, I'm sure pencils are like that for a lot of people, but uh, fountain pens are like that for me. But keyboards, man, like there are people who will like not only swap out 
like the keycaps and the switches, like the the things you actually press down to to make the clicky sound. Like that's something that I have my head wrapped around. But some people will like open up the the switches and swap out like the springs inside because you can like achieve a certain level of like like pressure resistance and like change up how fast it's actuated in which oh, like good I, god you know, well when it presses the key some people <laughs> some people will lubricate their switches so they talk about how they just got like a bunch of lube switches mm. i'm like wow it's it's amazing <laughs> i don't think i'm quite that that ready to it's been a while <laughs> since i've found something that actually made me react like this like because after like being so obsessed with yeah. pencils and all this like i'm very like understanding it when people are really into something but like as you were describing that i was just like <laughs> what is wrong with these people <laughs> <laughs> Which, but that's just that's like, probably what i said before i got into a lot of the things that i'm now obsessed with so. yeah <laughs> Well, I'm I'm trying really hard not to go down that particular rabbit hole because a keyboards are inexpensive and physically there's a lot of like takes up a lot of room, but but also <laughs> also like you know you can go through pencils pretty qu- relatively quickly. Well, like if you have three keyboards, like there's you're just you're just collecting keyboards. Flash forward. <laughs> At that point, you're not like, oh, I'm... flash forward six months, yeah, and exactly. Andy's got like that wall behind him for a Zoom background. It's just like little <laughs> like stands wall. on the wall, like little floating shelves covered in like his backup keyboards. <laughs> Somebody remind yeah. me in episode 200 to tell me like how, <laughs> right where I was at. Yeah, I remember a guy who hated fountain pens and now has like <laughs> eighty of them. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> that guy. guy. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of fountain pens, that's my last fresh point is I, you know, I've in our, in our uh, pen podcast, I talked about for Patreon patrons, I talked about how I bought that new Parker 51 reboot and I'm, I'm just loving it. I love the nib. I love the way it feels and looks. The weight is perfect for me. It's not too, it's not too froofy, but it's also not too simple. Like it's really distinctive. Love that wild Ivy ink that shoot. Who sent them? Was that, was that you, Johnny? Yep. Yeah, really yeah, I was love that. Yeah, you like that. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm also like in. We we talked about this a little bit on the on that that show, but I also now have thanks to Johnny a sampler of various various inks that I'm going to kind of st- slowly work my way through and kind of figure out what I like of of green inks specifically. But one thing I, I realized that I was I really wanted in order to sort of like make these samplers and collect them and distribute them is I bought a uh, fountain pen accessory kit from Jet Pens. And it includes like a little syringe and a bunch of, would you say pipettes or pipettes? Pipettes, I think. Pipettes, yeah. It has some O-rings, which I have zero idea how I would use them, but there's <laughs> some in wanna, there. If you want an yeah. eyedrop or something, uh, I would can add that in with some oh, I see. O-ring always just yeah. makes me think of Austin Powers, that, that scene where he's like getting attacked in the bathroom and the dude next to him's like... <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. You're going to blow an O-ring in there. He's just like being choked by the, I think it's by like Rob Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. Who does yeah. number, Who does two, number work two work for? Yeah, you tell that dirt who's boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't thought about yeah. Austin Powers in quite some time. <laughs> oh, I think about that scene like once a week, I think, for some reason. I don't know. It's just like one of those things that just like lives in my brain all the time. <laughs> Rent free, as the kids say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know how Sorry. to follow that up. C- comes with some vials to send out. Comes with some silicone grease, but yeah, it's fifteen bucks and includes all this stuff. If you are, 
if you are like me and you're like, I I don't want to get into fountain pens as much as Johnny, but I also don't want to just like, I want to like figure out how to do this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Check that out. Yeah. Cool. That is Fresh Points. Do you guys want to dive into the main topic at hand? Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we are celebrating Field Notes at 50 editions, uh, which basically means, let's see, there's there's 50 of them at four times a year. Half of 50 is 25. Half of 25 is 1250. So, wow, they've been around for 12 and a half years. At least at least the limited editions have. They, I think Field Notes, the Craft Brown editions have been around for a couple of years longer than that. But that's that's pretty... Yeah, and we're the first, we're uh, Butcher Blue and Butcher Orange, were those quarterly? Or were those uh, yeah, or were those just question. released and then eventually it became a quarterly thing? I think they called them, that was back when they said seasonal. And I remember being confused, like, orange for winter? What? Yeah. Well, I remember, and I guess this is one of the questions that we'll we'll get into. I just want to know kind of like your first exposure to field notes and how, you, how we learned about them. Mm-hmm. But, but first, I guess, how do you want to do this? Should we talk about this? this edition that's called 50 and kind of the things that came with it. Do we want to talk about that at the end? Do we want to talk about it now? What do you guys think? That's a good yeah. starting point. Okay. I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the 50th quarterly edition came out, they're calling it 50. And I, I know that I tend to gravitate toward the more, I guess, generally the more like simple editions, right? Like the ones like Shenandoah and autumn trilogy that just have like kind of a really right cover or something that's a kind of a simple execution and to me this kind of feels like it's in that vein oh, absolutely. what do you guys think mm-hmm. definitely it's kind of like a return to yeah the roots or whatever you know like but with yeah. like a little taste of like we've learned some tricks you know in the, in the meantime yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i feel and- like the whole thing was a good mix of hey here's some really old school looking field notes and also this completely off the wall extra yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. The The field notes themselves are bright red covers. I'm trying to... Oh, they, they used they used a cover that they have not surprisingly used before. It's the French paper company Red Hot, which is a just a really, really bright red. And I think I think that they said that they have not actually used this particular one with a nice like silver application of ink on the front. And what's interesting about this one is the O in notes is punched out. It's just a circle. And... The sort of inside cover has a, has a fifty right where that front cover would lie, like right. It just so it just peeks out through the hole. And each each notebook in the pack, there's one that is that is black with a with a silver print. There's one that is what color is that? Sort of. Let's see what they say it is. I'm looking for that here. I don't see it in the usage notes. The there's like a silvery. Okay, here we go. So there's the inside cover reveals the flyleaf as they call it reveals uh, callbacks from other quarterly editions so there's like a safety orange one is that what they used for the cover of dime novel which i didn't even realize that until i'm i'm reading it they use night shift blue from end papers for the one that's kind of like a bluish black and then there is a green one that is extremely recognizable which is gum dot gum drop green from grass stained green so that one i got pretty quickly but the other ones i did not so they kind of like called back to a few old editions, which was cool. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like of note for these, for the actual edition themselves. That Stickers. Yeah. Yeah. They, they released a, some stamps. You can't actually use them 
you know, to send mail. Maybe in Baltimore you can. I don't know. <laughs> you might as well. You might as well try. <laughs> any faster. Yeah. When Tim, Tim, when you're the postmaster yeah. general, maybe you can like you know count count these in. Oh yeah, I'm doing away with stamps completely. Or you just make your own. Yeah. Not pay for them. It's yeah. all free. You just make your own stamps. Though. Yeah. People are gonna love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're that creative, you should be able to mail stuff for free. Yeah. What yeah. is this? What is this? North Korea? So, yeah. yeah. So I big fan of these these notebooks themselves. They're very very simple. Not the thing that delayed field notes by two months. <laughs> that is the subscriber extra, which honestly, if you if you decided to become a field note subscriber for this edition, I think I think this thing is well worth it. Do you does anybody want to take a take a stab at describing this? I don't have mine in hand yet. I think you're the only one that has it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> so it's it is a they call it a ledger and it a desk ledger and it's oh like nine inches wide by just a little under like six inches tall and it's maybe hundredest pages and it is extremely ornate like i i can see how this did take so long because it's just really elaborate mm. and intricate so the cover says 50 in cut out cut out letters and each letter has a different color paper behind it and as you start flipping like each of the little section headers about the history is on some of the paper that is that makes up the the word 50 so Unreal. like the the first one yeah the second page is a kind of a brown color i'm trying to look for the by the numbers of like where like what pages these are but i i think this is a traveling salesman page that says 50 turn to the next page it's the kind of like like a pink and that, that's that like that has the eye in it the second like yeah it they they just do an incredible job and it's just full of like by the numbers and ephemera from from the history of field notes so uh, so stoked yeah it's going to be it's going to be pretty great and just different different kinds of printing in it as well like they have the first page has like some silver half tones just for graphics you know when you get further in they have like some throwbacks and some really gorgeous just prints from from before and then the the second let's say four fifths or three fourths of the of the ledger is is paper is a dot grid paper there was a little controversy as as there always is in the <laughs> field nuts group because the spine the way that they bound this they did not put like a like book tape on it and so they kind of left the spine exposed so you can kind of see the the threads that kind of thread the signatures through and they put a kind of a generous application of glue on it but then when they wrapped it in cellophane to send it out some of them got hot and the glue kind of melted to the cellophane johnny you had a you said you had a really good somebody's talking about a really good resolution of that right yeah someone in the group mentioned just uh put your book in the freezer and yeah. it hardens the glue and slips right off That's such a good idea whoever that is you are the best mm-hmm. <laughs> you like fixed it for everybody because i noticed after that a lot of the you know noise settled down yeah that was good and mine mine is real i mean isn't sloppy at all it's like a little bit of glue that has kind of like bled to the the cover but with some people it was much much thicker and and gloppy gloppier so yeah i just think this is such a gorgeous piece i what i like about this is it is it is celebrating bookmaking and Mm. like printmaking which is what I like about field notes is they always, they often just sort of like go back to that where some people, some people don't give a crap about like the, the effort and the materials and the craftsmanship it takes to make one of these books. They're in it for like a different theme or the collectability, but this one is just sort of like a celebration of, of 
of making yeah, this. I'm going to steal so. this from the Take Note guys, but I was listening to them the other day and they were talking about, and this edition wasn't even out yet, but they were just kind of talking about why they are attracted to field notes. And this kind of goes along with what you're saying is that they, I can't can't remember. I think it was Adam who said, or I don't remember which one it was that said this, but that they love field notes because there's an author behind it. You know, I think it was Ted, but just that Mm -hmm. like, it's a notebook that is not anonymous that, you know, the people who are behind it, you know, that there's a creator who's like just setting out to just make this rather than just like create some piece of crap. That's going to end up like, you know, on an end cap at target that. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I thought that was a good. Yeah, the, yeah. They, I don't know. They just seem like they care. Plus, who was it? Somebody found out from Draplin in the early days that they broke even or lost money on all the quarterly editions. They yeah. just did them because they mm-hmm. liked it. So you know, they don't throw out these like weird money grabs yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. some other brands do. Just yeah. like, hey, we promise it's coming, and also when it comes, <laughs> you're getting this book that probably costs us a fortune to make for free because you're a subscriber. And actually, that's a real, also a really good, I think, transition into, you know, some of the retrospective. One question I had for you both, just to just to hear about how you were first sort of exposed mm. to field notes or first learn about them. John, do you want, do you want to start since you were talking about that? Sure, I I heard about them when they came out, but I don't remember how because I read so many stationary blogs back in the aughts. So someone just posted a link, and I remember looking at them and thinking, hmm, those look a lot like moleskin cahiers. And then the special ones came out and I was like, ah. and then I think it was 2010. They sent me some samples and I was like, that's it. I love these. And <laughs> I've been a big fan ever since. Yeah. 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 Tim, how about you? My, my first edition I got, I actually looked this up in, in preparation for the episode. I looked up and I, <laughs> I got my first set. I ordered my first set of field notes in 2013 and it, and it was oh, wow. uh, red blooded, which is kind of like similar, you know, kind of Ooh. similar to this one, or at least just kind of color wise. This, which I didn't tell you guys this, but the fifty, I am, I am loving lovingly referring to it as the Sally O'Malley edition. Uh, <laughs> I'm fifty, <laughs> Sally O'Malley, and I'm fifty. <laughs> I like to kick <laughs> yeah. and kick. So this is, this is that's that's Deep yeah, cut. that's my that's my official or that's my behind the scenes name for this edition. And <laughs> yeah, but I, I ordered it. I remember ordering it on, I got it just on Amazon or something. And I, I'm not totally sure how I found out about them, but I'm it's probably like a 90% chance that I heard about it on the pen addict because I looked back and there's this, <laughs> it's, it's almost like funny that this is such like a big deal. But in 2013, I made an order around the same time on jet pens, like my first order on jet pens, like crazy order mm. on jet pens. I ordered like 15, you know, 15 things I got, like, I just was like stocking up and I got all the stuff that I kind of still have around. And I, I was just looking back at it. And it's like so fascinating. I got like a Quaco and I got a retro 51. It was basically a list of things that they talked about on the pen addict, a retro <laughs> 51 Quaco high tech C's or whatever. And then right around that same time I ordered field notes. So yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure it was Dowdy Which in Hurley. Which in 2013, you were listening to the Pen Addict and you heard mm-hmm. me on the Pen Addict. Mm-hmm. And then we started right. talking. Started heckling you for oh. pencil recommendations and then and then, <laughs> and then tricked you into doing this for seven years or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. a long con. <laughs> yeah. so, how about you, Andy? 
Oh, wow. I, I'm i pretty sure I first heard of Field Notes in general from like, oh, I would I, I would guess Boing Boing, which, does anybody remember that blog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 2006 through, you know, not that long ago, I would read Boing Boing every day. It was kind of like a, a blog about just interesting things on the internet. And a bunch of people who I still follow, like Mark Frauenfelder and Shani Jardin and Corey Doctorow and people would, would just post there. And I'm pretty sure I, Mark Frauenfelder posted something about field notes. And I was enamored with the with the Kraft Browns. I just like the way that they look. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I ran into them at a gift shop somewhere and picked up a pack. And I was just starting to blog about pencils at that point. I'm still on the Pencil Things blog. And... I ran my set of Kraft Brown field notes through the washer. I left my pocket and my wife did the laundry and <laughs> it came out. And of course it was ruined as a notebook, but a lot of the pages were still intact to sort of like read and transcribe. So I, I remember I submitted uh, a little article on my pencil blog about that to Boing Boing and they ran it. And at that point, Boing Boing was a big enough internet thing where that you would get a massive bump in traffic if they blogged about you and they called it getting boinged. And so I, <laughs> I basically was responsible for boinging field notes, which I'm sure that they had lots of other coverage before that. But I remember after that happened, Jim Kudal emailed me and he was like, thank you for submitting that to boing boing. I'm sending you a new, <laughs> a new notebook because you ran your old one through the, <laughs> through the washer for free. And I was just like, oh man. So, so I just sort of had like a personal connection, right? I had like a, a person to connect to it. That's so that cool was story. really cool. But, at, and so I, I remember, I didn't really care about the colors. Like I remember when they first said, okay, we're going to do different colors besides the the brown. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like they're, that's, that's fine. Like, oh, Oh, nice. There's a blue one. Oh, nice. There's an orange one. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really fit, can, like pay much attention to those when they came out. Of course, kicking myself that I didn't, but because field notes were just like just expensive enough, where like ten bucks or how much they cost back then for like a three pack of pocket notebooks mm. seemed like a lot. Still, I mean, when you think about it, <laughs> it, seems like a lot, but you know, there's, you're paying for the story, but I didn't really pay attention. But when balsam fur came out, I was looking for some Christmas presents for a friend who like really liked pocket notebooks. So I, I bought a couple packs of balsam fur, saved one for myself and sent one to him. Didn't think much more about it until much later when Aaron Draplin did a uh, talk in Fort Wayne, I uh, had a little, had a pop-up shop and I picked up some America the Beautiful, which were, I think just done being, being the edition. So I think they were just a little bit old stock. And I took those home and opened them. And I'm just like, wow, this is gorgeous. I really love the aesthetic they're going for here. I love the story behind it, right? Like the, the graphics and the way that they printed it and that offset, that little decal is really cool. And so that's, that for me is when I started just really thinking about how much I like those mm-hmm. quarterly editions. Yeah. So after that, I've, I think after America, the beautiful, I, I, have either purchased or subscribed to every edition after that. That one was so great. Yeah. And and to me that was that was the the big game changer. Like it's they kind of that was the first one when they really went kind of out of their usual way. You know, I'm saying that I really appreciate the really simple ones, but at the same time I really love the uh the first one that had like a kind of a departure from their usual aesthetic. So yeah, I I think America the Beautiful was like for me like the big when it clicked for me about these quarterly editions. 
So, so a question, I guess, just for discussion: How do you how do you think that Field Notes has influenced a a lot of the other packet notebooks out there in the world, but b also like quarterly limited edition programs, right? Like we see, I I've, I think that even Blackwing would would admit that you know their volumes program is heavily influenced by Field Notes. Gosh, I mean, in stationary world, it seems like it's everything right i mean it's the yeah. it's the original i mean anybody who said or any company that says they weren't influenced by it is like full of crap because <laughs> i'm trying i mean i wasn't as plugged in back then as like you guys were but i i don't know of anything else back then that was doing like any sort of stationary company that was doing anything like this besides maybe like you know retro 51 will have different like versions of the pen come out but it was never like super limited and it definitely wasn't a subscriber based you know setup yeah yeah Yeah, if anybody had subscriptions that would have been like basically refill packs right like oh hey every three months we'll send you a new one Mm -hmm. of the same thing because you probably have filled up your old one yeah Yeah. they i still think they do it best they always well for one thing they have kept at it longer than anybody and they don't you know they do partnerships but they're different enough from their quarterly editions that they don't sort of confuse you does that make sense yeah like you know nobody's gonna look at any of those think it's just regular field notes or quarterly field notes and also that they don't i don't know they keep true to doing the same thing just doing it like super differently yeah does that make sense yeah (laughs) yeah i i think i mean some of it could be just because they're really really amazing storytellers or maybe it's just easier to tell a story through the medium of paper and books and book like printmaking than it is to do it through pencils. But I, I think that I feel like they consistently over Blackwing just tell better stories and have better themes connected to their editions. Yeah. And I, you, at least I get the sense that at least somebody involved with field notes is really interested in everything. And one of the themes, everything they do, somebody at field notes is like super into it. And that's why it yeah. happened. Yeah. wasn't like, oh, this is timely. Let's do this. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes out. Like people can pick up genuineness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. teary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michelle Foreman in our Facebook group said something that was really interesting. And that was that this edition would really appeal to people who have had a sort of emotional connection to the brand for a long time. Like, hmm. it seems weird to talk about an emotional connection to a brand, but it's not the brand. It's really... I mean, I, I'm not saying that she's saying it's weird, but it's, you know, it's the people like I've been emailing with Brian for 10 years. Yeah. Not that like we're super buds, but I know who he is. I'd recognize him in a crowd. And not to mention all the connections that you make because of them. You know, I mean, like just the yeah. fact that we have this group and we have these friends that we've made through this podcast, which, you know, I mean, field notes is probably a major reason of why we're doing this. If you like really sort of like yeah. break it down, mm-hmm. I mean. So, yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. them, it was Moleskine. Yeah. That's it. That's yep. exactly. <laughs> and they didn't even do all the colors and stuff back then because they didn't yeah. need to because everybody was just buying it. Like, yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I remember they would do it was all black and sometimes they'd have red. It was like, woo, red. <laughs> now, like, I don't even, can you buy black Moleskins anymore? No, Good yeah, question. you can. But like, I guess Moleskine did. Yeah. Yeah. They did tie-ins sometimes. They did like, was that before they did like, oh, like a Mario notebook? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Simpsons. They, they had done the little prints around then. 
Yeah. That I really wish I'd bought because man, they were cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Any any other sort of like broad discussion points we want to cover before we you know get into some of our <laughs> our tops? Yeah. So I think that they used to. Well, they still sell them, but they don't send them out as much. They just have like one pencil and one pen that yeah. are nothing fancy, but very, very carefully designed, just like the notebooks where they're like, okay, these are things we want you to use and have fun and like connect with them. But in the end, they're tools mm. that we want you to bust up. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate and that. I think them. like one of the... To- kind of go along with that one of the reasons why these notebooks have such a following and have such a staying power is because the original design like of draplin loving the agricultural memo books which were probably created and used by farmers and stuff they were created and used for like out of need i guess is what i'm saying right so when something's created Mm -hmm. out of a need then its design the idea of them is going to last forever whatever. i'm sounding very like high flute yeah. now but I, I think i i think i be, i think i believe myself <laughs> just that yeah. like very i'm convincing, convincing myself <laughs> yeah that, that this they're so pleasant to use and they're so nice because it's almost like they've landed on some kind of little design that we all need <laughs> or something even if we don't realize yeah. it and so whenever people get one they you know you tend to get hooked yeah. i love them when I remember talking with my friend Bruce, who is a an American, but has spent a lot of time in, in Japan and has been kind of trying to figure out how to, A, expose more Japanese stationary to the U.S. and vice versa, more U.S. stationary to Japan. And he was just telling me about how people in Japan really, really love field notes because it's such a, it's such a, a good purveyor of Americana, right? Like it's not, it's very, it does it in a very genuine way. It has a lot of like really interesting, like aesthetic history of of America mm. and the U.S., but also connects them to really good you know other stories as well. So, yeah, they're just like it's it's a very authentic purveyor of <laughs> of the good part of American culture. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad somebody's paying attention to the good parts of American culture because it's out yeah. it's out there, <laughs> which is now being you know. It, <laughs> being brandified and <laughs> and commodified into <laughs> into just yes, an aesthetic yeah. look. So yeah. Well, we had a, a little time we reflected on a few things that just a, a few of our top our top 3 favorite editions uh, for X, right? For various things. So, sticking maybe we could go down the list and talk about that a little bit. One of the the big ones is the overall theme. What are what are our top favorite three editions for theme? Tim, what do you think? My number one is Day Game, some base, baseball nut, <laughs> and I've, I've been fortunate yeah. to have a couple packs of those. And I'm actually still using one at the moment. I've got it up in my, in my backpack. But Day Game is a favorite. Three Missions is a favorite because I'm just a space nerd and grew up watching Apollo 13 every week. So that one really like excited me, and I really love that edition and also the little models that came with it. And then National Parks. So. Those are my three, yeah. three, three themes, baseball, space, and national parks. <laughs> Very American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. National parks, national parks ranked really, really highly in the, the, the top lists that field mm-hmm. notes put out that they put in their, uh, put in the ledger. Like it was consistently national parks was at the top. I of the was, so I don't know how I had yeah. missed this, but I was in Asheville and I was at a bookstore and I found a really cool set of, postcards because i was just shopping for postcards and i looked and i 
I was like, wait a second, that looks familiar. And I picked it up and it was one of the pieces of art that's on the front of the National Parks Edition. And I was th- like, I I had oh, not. Yeah. I, the 51 yeah, I, I knew they were working with someone else yeah. to do that. But at the same time, I was like, it hadn't like registered that they exist out there somewhere, like already in other forms or something. But still, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I bought a like a, a pack of like a hundred or something like that of these postcards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, but those are my favorites. Yeah. So how about you, Johnny? Nice. nice. Johnny. I'm going to start off with national parks because mm-hmm. they're so pretty and I don't even the way that they, you know, they don't place the logo field notes in the same place. They, you know, make room for it in the, in the art. I think that's mm. amazing shelter wood. Cause that was just off the wall. Mm. So cool. And national crop. Because, mm. like, damn, that was a sweet one. Like, when this one was late, I kept thinking National Crop was late, and that was so worth waiting for. But uh, I think that was the first one that was a six set. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It had to have been. Yeah. That, know, that is you know, one of the ones I didn't find out about or really come to until much later, and I spent much more money than I was planning on on eBay <laughs> to get a full set of National Yeah. Yeah, how about you, Andy? Um, I think still for me, first and foremost, America the Beautiful is like the best thematically uh, for me. Like the the that like slightly offset like halftone printing that they do, and that particular aesthetic that that looks like a lot of those like color agriculture notebooks. To me, that is the most sort of like one to one comparison. It looks the most like a lot of those out there, and that's. That's one thing I really love. And, and also that decal that came in this, the extras is just really good. So America the Beautiful is is one of two that I I, I hoard sometimes because <laughs> I really love that theme. And the other one that I that I often hoard that is on this list is a Night Sky. It was the the very simpleness of the the front cover, just a nice black little notebook with just, whoa, just a big hologram on the back of like a constellation on the back. That's, that's the, a theme too that I just think is... Such a gorgeous execution. And that one's video was amazing. Yeah. I mean, they make some cool videos, but that one was really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, huge Night Sky fan. When that came out, I was just, yeah. And and, and Night Sky shows up for me in a lot of uh, these other categories that we're doing. So I'll I'll save talking about the rest (laughs) of it too much. But the last one, which I just was thinking about that I really like. I had Shelterwood on my list. Sweet Tooth, right? And I... Yeah, yeah. Who am I? Tina Koyama. <laughs> Tina. Tina's favorite edition by far is Sweet Tooth, the red ones, because her urban sketching she does a lot in there. So she has just so many of those. I I took Shelterwood off because I'm going to be talking about it a little bit more in aesthetics because I think that like and I guess I guess I do think that Shelterwood was just sort of like revolutionary in its um, execution. Like the the way that they made that was just incredible. But I I kind of switched that out for Traveling Salesman because I think thematically that ledger that green ledger paper in the inside is so unusual for modern notebooks at least ones that are kind of available to the public maybe there's somebody out there who is still selling like like ledger notebooks like university bookstores or something but i yeah i love the 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 thematic elements of of traveling salesman a lot I, i i don't even think i have a full pack i think i've just sort of collected kind of singles throughout the years but big fan i took it took me until the fourth or fifth notebook before I figured out the perfect pencil for it because that paper was a little yeah yeah it was the HB Hyoni but I'm betting the F mm-hmm. is even better yeah yeah that's a good point yeah point. big F in order 
<laughs> Don't forget your Fs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about how about color? Some of the the more solid uh, solid color ones. Tim, let's start with you. What are some of your favorite colors of? Uh, edi- so I, I took this as like sets or like color schemes, kind of. So how I was how I was thinking. Yeah, definitely number one for me is ambition. Mm-hmm. Those th- those colors are so pleasing to me, especially the red that they did. I think that was the graph notebook ever. But I yeah I, 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 yeah I love the color of ambition. I really like group eleven or or whatever the hell that's it's called. The, they changed the yeah. name, yeah. didn't they? The white ones with what, what was oh, that's it? right yeah before or it had like a it was elemental yeah, maybe like yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they changed it because there's another notebook company out there that called like yeah, Elements yeah, yeah. or something. So I really yeah. like that. I love that bright white and I love the gilding on the edges. So, But I, I really like a nice bright white notebook, especially because that one, for whatever reason, didn't seem to get dirty as easily mm-hmm. as I thought it would. That was just, that was really nice. Yeah. And then right. uh, Shenandoah. So I love, which kind of goes right with ambition, but just those, uh, to borrow a term from Johnny, those autumnal colors. I love them. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Cool. Johnny, how about you? I'm going to start with white, but I'm going to go with mm-hmm. snow blind because that matte white was just so pretty, but got so <laughs> dirty. So it was good to go through them quickly. And then I'm going to go with red blooded, which was also the same stock as fire spider, but that's on another list here. <laughs> and Raven's wing because black linen, it just like sucked all the light out of a room. <laughs> it's like a black yeah. hole. The thing was so damn yeah. gorgeous. They should make a Vanta Black notebook that just like eats ninety nine 99.8% of light or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. <laughs> it's a sorry to me to... How about you, Andy? For for colors, I think my top one is the one that I, I missed out on. That I've never actually even owned one of these. I just really love the paper. I have a couple things in this that paper. That's the Grestine Green. Those are... I mean, those are at this point almost as expensive as the butchers on on eBay. So I'm really probably not going to get a gas a grass stain green unless they do some sort of a re-release or tribute release. So it's fine. It's totally fine. But my actually my first my first non craft brown edition ever is the balsam fur, which is I love that color. It's kind of that like woody green color. It really is the color of like a like a winter mm. fir tree for the Christmas for the edition. It came out around Christmas and they, they put in like a, like a branch from a fir tree and it just smelled so good. So every time I see one of those, those covers, I'm just thinking about the smell that came with it. Just connecting that. So big balsam fir fan. Yeah. That and white foil it, was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they did. So pretty. Good job on that. And then also I really, really like the, I, I noticed after I wrote this, that all of my favorite colors in here are some form of green. <laughs> But my last one is Shenandoah. I I think they did such a good job with that. They and, and the the aesthetic they they packaged it with that belly band that was made of the made of the like shelter wood mm-hmm. wood. Um, and they had that was the yeah they did edition that had a, a different job. color inside of the notebook and out right yeah yeah the substrate yeah. was like like a kind of a precursor to autumn trilogy oh, I think cool. like the inside had some of the leaves yeah once they turned so big fan of that one too those are some of my favorite yeah like colors that came through uh, aesthetics did, did jo- just kind of oh no sorry sorry i thought johnny went <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so kind of the overall execution of the the theme like the, the the visuals tim what do you think i think the first one i'll mention is workshop companion hmm. i was actually a, a big fan of that it was like 
I don't know. It was it was like that was the first one I had ever had that had the the box, and I liked the idea that they all had a dedicated set of uses. Like it just when I thought about how much went into creating those like. Uh, with all the different sets of uses for the different things for plumbing and woodworking and, and whatever. I thought that was a very cool visual set of notebooks, which I know they don't come up a lot. People like saying, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how you guys feel about them, but I, I felt very good about them as far as how they looked and how they, how they worked. Yeah. wasn't as great. They're really stiff, you know, so they weren't as easy. I remember putting them in my back pocket and them just kind of like cracking. <laughs> You know, like if I sat on them because the, the cover stock was, was so sti- uh, stiff. I really like that one. Drink Local is another one that I really love the aesthetic of. I always forget about that one. I, I love that like kind of gummy coated cover for the Drink yeah. Locals. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of those. And it came in like yeah. the six pack holder, which was also a touch yeah. as far as design goes. And and then lastly, I, I put Shenandoah again because, I mean, how couldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so it's like when I see a pack, a three pack of Shenandoah and I've still got one that's not opened, it just like calms me down. Mm-hmm. Just, just looking at it calms me down. <laughs> those colors are so nice and the soft green. Anyways, those are, those are my favorite. Yeah. That's a really good one. Johnny, how about you? I have to go with Shenandoah also. It's so pretty. I think that might be the prettiest edition they ever came out with on the whole. And also, it reminds me of Harper's Ferry, which is a place I really like to go to. Hmm. And American Tradesman, which is one that doesn't get a lot of attention, but it was so damn perfect. It had the, the outside was sort of like a corrugated dark blue mm. with silver stamp, and inside was white with red print. God, that was so you, nice. You know, you're right. I'm always forgetting about that one. I think uh, it to me, in my head, it sounds so similar mm-hmm. to Traveling Salesman, mm-hmm. American Tradesman, that I just don't think about that one. Yeah, and it came with that was the first time they put out uh, carpenter pencils, and it had that really cool like, instruction sheet. Yeah, that was I have to dig that out and scan it because mine got busted up. Various <laughs> moves, and for the last one, fire spotter because that red was so damn nice, and it had the letterpress yeah. stamp on the back, and I I think it was the first dot grid paper. Hmm. Interesting, and it came out right after American Tradesman. It was a good uh, good good streak there. That was a really good one. Hmm. Yeah, how about you? I immediately the first one I thought of was Shelterwood. I remember when Shelterwood came out and I watched the video and listened to just kind of their story and how that came to be and how you know, they're not the first one to like shave like a whole <laughs> piece of wood down to like get that to get that aesthetic, but I I I feel like they are one of the first one to do it kind of in the quantity that they did. And the just to me, that's when I started getting into, for better or for worse, the Field Nuts group. And people were talking about, how, like people were, remember how they were tanning yes. their shelter woods? <laughs> you put them oh, on the yeah. sun and they <laughs> they turned darker and some other people were staining them. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, so I, I still love my shelter woods. I'm really, really glad when they turned it into a regular edition. They, they came out with the cherry woods, but huge, huge shelter wood fan. Just the way that it looks is just incredible. It's a little fragile. I wouldn't like put it, put that in my back pocket, but they do kind of bow over time, um, right? Like the cover kind of like curls. Yeah. 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 That and they bow. And then they also like, if you just really sit bad on it, it can splinter Ouch. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's really well attached that, 
that substrate, that yeah. backing. So it's it doesn't splinter too bad, but you have to really, really try try hard to, to make that happen. <laughs> Big Autumn Trilogy fan. I love the aesthetics. Just those, those colors are just so good. Looking at the Field Notes list right now, I just kind of like remind myself of those colors. But I think I was... I think it was a huge fan of that yellow. Yeah, that has that that really gorgeous orange and the yellow and the the red. Yeah, all of those colors together it was just like it was the right. I don't think I get into autumnal colors as much as Johnny does, <laughs> but I definitely was really feeling it when that came out. Love that the, the mm-hmm. leaf prints on it. It was just so good. That's good. Yeah, That's a good call. That, that that what, what do you call that? A uh, yeah recessed or or what is it? Debossed. Debossed. Yeah, the debossed. Yeah. That's yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I was really into ambition, just the way that it looked. And we were talking a little bit about this before, but that that gold leaf yeah, on the, the gilding on yeah. the edges, yeah. the gilding edges were just so good. And the that little exercise that you like when you open the pack <laughs> and you um, kind yeah. of crack it for the first time, and it just kind of shimmers. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I think I did it into the microphone for an episode of Erasable, <laughs> and just to to hear it. And I was just so enamored with that. And I think that was the first one that I remember, at least, that had the on the insides for the the graph paper. It, it had the title line on it, so it wasn't just graph all the way through. But the first like, you know, half of an inch was blank, and then a double like ledger mark, so you could write your title mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. above the graph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was a cool touch. I, like I that. think that was the first one that did that, and I yeah, and it's, and I really appreciated that because I almost always put like a title on my page. Yeah. All right, something that is important for us as writers and of pencil users is the writing experience. So we've talked a lot about the covers, but we haven't talked much about the inside pages. Johnny, would you do you want to start? What's your favorite writing sure. experience? My absolute favorite one is America the Beautiful. Yeah. Because yep. the paper was great, the cover was great, and the blue on the lines is just mm-hmm. perfect. For a second, I'm going to go with Packet of Sunshine because that orange graph was just... Or, sorry, yeah, orange... The bright yellow graph was so cool. Yeah. It, you know, it hurt your eyes at first and then it sort of disappeared. I'm like, oh, I love this. And finally, County Fair, because that linen just feels so good. It sort yeah. of softens up. I mean, I know it's not actually linen, but, you know, it makes you think of it like, ooh, cloth book. Yeah. How about yeah. you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I hey, mean, how about you? America the Beautiful. You said it all right there. That's definitely on my list. That's the only Field Notes notebook that I've ever had that when I got it in my hands, I was like, I need to save this for something special. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I think <laughs> I used it as like a journal for a while, like where I was just like writing mm. in it, actually, instead of using it as kind of a utilitarian catch-all sort of thing. So that one's definitely on there. That paper is so nice and they're just so nice to look at too. I, th- I think... I put day game on here and I can't really put my finger on why, but I think it's just because uh, day game, like the paper they were using was thinner. I think it was like, it was almost like a craft. It just felt exactly like a craft book, like a sort of cheaper one. But what I really like about those editions and like what I like about day game is that it just lays really nice and flat. You know, it's really easy to manipulate mm-hmm. and, and lay out and write and flip the page. Like I just always, it just works, you know? So that's why I like that one. And then County fair is another like all time favorite of mine that I love the feel of the cover. I love how it wears in, but also kind of in a similar way. And that, that had like the blue grid on the inside, didn't it? Yeah. Which I really mm-hmm. liked that. I really mm-hmm. like that, yeah. that, that blue graph. 
which I forgot the county fair was a uh, quarterly, mm-hmm. which that's insane, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like now no, you think about that, like they came out with fifty editions, like all in one day, fifty-two. Because well, Puerto that's Rico new, right? They they just did, they didn't that's, do that for the release. Right. Yeah, and that's a good point. so when they and I wasn't getting, I wasn't subscribing when they came out, but what did they send you <laughs> when it came out? You got a ribbon. What did they send you? Like your own state where you were living, or what did they? I think they did your state, unless you asked for something different. Gosh, that's Hmm. don't quote me. Yeah, I wasn't a subscriber yet, so I I can't imagine the logistics, especially considering how small they probably were at that point. Yeah. So yeah, those are. (laughs) Yeah, I think those are some of my favorites, and just anything that you know, anything but reticle grid as far as writing <laughs> as far as writing experience goes because that's garbage i can't i can't i just can't stand that it gives me a headache <laughs> writing with with ridiculous grid ridiculous grid not, not, not dork grid. grid this is dork grid ridiculous, and ridiculous grid. Grid. i i kind of had to lump all of the lined editions together mm. just because like i the, i really loved the lined edition from america the beautiful and I was really, really glad when they copied that again to mm-hmm. to Shelterwood, and um, just a big fan of because it's a little. I feel like it's a little extra wide, more so than College Ruled, but not quite as much as Wide Ruled, which is to me kind of the perfect size. But I think that I what I really liked, and I didn't even think about this until now, is I loved, loved, loved when they did the lined edition, but they put it in the colors of the cover in the mm. autumn trilogy. They used, I, I love me a, a different colored ruling and the, just that orange and that yellow, especially ruling in autumn trilogy was just so good. So fun to play with. So huge fan of that. And, and again, I really, lo- I, maybe it's just an orange ruling that I really like. Like that's one of the things I love best about kindred spirit from right. Notepads is, is how the, the graph comes in in orange. Um, big fan of that. I, I also like, I put in here original reticle graph, which is, I think they introduced that in Night Sky, mm-hmm. right? And I, I kind of liked it in Unexposed as well. I think I liked it in Night Sky the best, but I I, I wrote that instead of just reticle graph in general because I thought it was very bad in, oh, the, the latest one they did. Coastal, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just really thick and really dark and you can't, like, unless you're writing like a big fat fountain pen, like like, you really can't. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just interferes <laughs> <laughs> with your with your writing too much. But yeah, I one thing I, I do love about that, I know what they were trying to do, which is to have like the gradient of the coastline come through in that graph, but just didn't just didn't work. And then also I I just the paper and the ruling and in ambition is really good. Um big fan of that. What I I guess I'm gonna cheat. I also want to put dime novel on this list because that paper oh, is yeah, good call. so good for pencil. That's a good one. Yeah. And you can still get that in the, what are they, the signature. What are they signature? Called? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're really boring compared to the covers of Dime Novel, but that's one nice that I'm with. very so sad that I never had the, like, the Dime Novel version. I've had the the signature one, but I've, I've I'm very bummed. I thought you were hoarding Dime no, that's Novels Harry. at that point. Uh, Harry was doing that. You're yeah. right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Tell Harry no, to give no, you some of those. Right. I got the signature. <laughs> I'm good. But <laughs> yeah, also wanted to i I wanted to to mention this as well. What are some of your weird little? Actually, okay, here's one that I'm just going to ask you on the spot before mm-hmm. we even get to this. What are your favorite non-standard mm-hmm. editions? Like, you know, and there's so few of them. Let's just say, what's your top favorite non-standard edition? Oh, wow, I think yeah. uh, mine would be the Wilco set. I, I have to say, the Wilco set. I'm sorry, not the, not like in, 
non I'm talking about like things that are aren't just little tiny booklets like so Oh non standard um, size so oh, notebook okay. I thought you or, meant like non Yeah or like arts and sciences or series oh, Okay gotcha Yeah oh. yeah a reporter notebook Definitely that paper yeah. Yeah. great the front page or byline yeah, I honestly have no experience with any of the non-standard ones besides the signature. So I don't think I've yeah. ever had the any of the. I never. I didn't have the byline, and I didn't have any of the steno books or anything. So, mm. did you have heavy duty? Mm-mm. The little spiral top spiral no. pocket notebook. Okay. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, I've been a subscriber yeah. twice now, cool. and I'm not currently. So I've only. So there are only. Yeah, I guess eight editions that I've gotten like as a subscriber. Yeah. What about arts and sciences? Did you have that one? I guess I did. That was one of my. Yeah, that's true. I forget about that one. I think they're going for like forty. Do you remember on eBay right now? Not terrible. Arts and sciences. That was that was the first non like you know three by five pocket mm-hmm. notebook they did right. Like I remember just like field nuts just like losing their mm-hmm. their stuff about it. <laughs> Some people oh. were so mad because you know their whole system is based on the packs being a certain size <laughs> yeah and i think that was the first thing that came out after we started podcasting oh yeah i think you're right and remember they had videos through there were hints about what the theme was and i took mm-hmm. credit for frankie guessing it she guessed arts and sciences yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah yeah that's and a good point. she just gave me of her arts and sciences that i'd bought her recently <laughs> when she was cleaning up the closet yeah yeah i think I think mine is either byline or heavy duty. I really like that little pocket notebook size, hmm. um, which is a pretty pretty recent one. All right, last one. What is what are your favorite little subscriber extra like weird things? Yeah, can I go first? Yeah, please do. When you, when the subscriber extra is a pack, yeah, and they're like, hey, we made three packs, and if you're a subscriber, you just got them all. Like, Damn, that's pretty that's sweet, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I have to go with, I mentioned them earlier, but those space models. Oh, yeah. That oh, came with, were... with three missions. That's that's my number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good call. I, I do not remember which pack it came with, but I really love the Field Notes Blue Book. Um, oh, that was the thing. They just sent them out randomly that, to okay, subscribers. That, that's what I thought. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was just random. And I... I I I wrote an essay and I sent yeah. it in. They actually get their own like um, lot like their own slot in the like when you go to their website and look through the limited editions. They actually they actually get their oh, own like slot, but it's sort of like a a sub <laughs> like a, you know, a secondary limited edition or something. Yeah, yeah. it would have been cool okay. if they kept making them. Yeah. Yeah, I still have a a couple of those and yeah, I had I had a lot of fun writing an essay and like writing until my hand cramped and then taking a break and then like starting over again. <laughs> felt real, real authentic experience. I felt like I was back in school taking a test. Cool. And really love to know, we talked about this before, but I'd love to go back and just kind of see, just know what, what y'all like to see from field notes. You know, we talked about, you know, national parks was a big, like one that everybody really wanted to see before they actually made it happen. What else do you have on your on your agenda for them. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've done any additions that are linked to music. Am I wrong? Not really. They did the thing with third man. Yeah, records, but not, so not a limited like edition. Quarterly. Not like a quarterly. I don't know. Like, huh. I think that's, I'm thinking that's like, good... I don't know, like cities, like cities associated with the blues or something like that would be cool. You know, do like, hmm. you know, I don't know, Kansas city, New Orleans, Chicago, 
something like that would be cool. Motown, Motown would be pretty cool. It's kind yeah, of close Motown to them. edition would be amazing. Yeah. 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 Ever since National Crop came out, I thought a National Railroad edition would be so freaking cool with, you know, six notebooks and a patch. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. The Southern Pacific edition mm-hmm. and the B&O. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, they could also do a Canals edition. That would be kind of obscure. <laughs> they were also short-lived. Yeah, a Mississippi yeah. River edition would yeah, be cool, we had... too. Like, like, oh, yeah. Just call it yeah. Big Muddy. <laughs> and they could the be- Muddy edition, uh, yeah. The yeah. Pa- All shades oh, of brown. So brown, <laughs> blue, yeah. and I don't know, dirty mm. green. Yeah. You're welcome, Gildens. <laughs> <laughs> The the canal edition would be really interesting. The the Erie Canal came through Fort Wayne up in up in like through Indiana, and that was a, that was a big one. Just some cool history of that would be neat. Yeah, there's a, there's still most of the CNO Canal here in Maryland, hmm. and um, also a hardcover book. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to see what they would do. Oh yeah, I I'm thinking about that little Japanese pocket notebook that is just like a little tiny hardcover and has that really tight dot graph in, or, or graph paper inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. That'd what book really is neat. that? I want to see this book. I I know <laughs> I have to find it. I bet I have an extra one somewhere. Brad did a, a pen edict. Oh, what are we talking about? Yeah. Hmm. See, it seems like the the presidents or something they haven't touched, right? Have they? No. Did yeah. They? I mean, then maybe they tricky. should stay away from presidents. <laughs> no, but yeah. like, uh, I don't know, like branches of the government or something. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, yeah. National monuments. monuments. Yeah. There you go. National yeah. monuments. That'd be a cool one. Like, that's perfect. Obscure, some like yeah. less notable ones or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah they could like, use that check. stone, that stone paper for the cover. be cool if they did one Ooh. for like the three, <laughs> like the three largest or most prominent. Native American tribes or something like that would be cool. They oh, could yeah. do a Pike edition about the John Brown's raid, which would be really cool. Yeah. They, they could quote Thoreau from one of his great speeches. Or, yeah. They could do the Transcendentalist edition, mm-hmm. Emerson, Thoreau, and then <laughs> they, who the they hell They never cares do who people editions, though. I, I feel like they're going to stick with that, right? It's prob- yeah. probably a good idea. They could do a Trash Wheel edition. <laughs> Considering what... Oh yeah, <laughs> considering how much how much Guff Field notes or Blackwing gets for, yeah. for people editions, yeah. they could do like machinery. Oh yeah, like, the, like what uh, about the, oh what about the like the automobile industry? Like that'd be yeah, cool. or like the diggers, <laughs> big diggers yeah. and backhoes mm-hmm. and stuff. I would really love to see just more more simple editions with just like celebrating a really beautiful cover or kind of paper i'm thinking about i think i've talked about it on here before but there's this really gorgeous japanese paper which maybe means they wouldn't use it that has just a really great sort of like pressed texture of the moon on the front and just something really just something simple and powerful i think is good in the in the vein of like autumn trilogy or shenandoah Mm -hmm. or you know that kind of stuff ambition was really great so yeah love to see more of that kind of stuff it's gonna mention a few johnny johnny collected just some favorites from the from the community, which is really, really great. I think we had a lot of love for Expedition. Yeah. Which is interesting because I feel like Expedition is pretty polarizing. Some people really hate it. <laughs> but yeah, Larry, Grimaldi, Tina, Jamelia all really love Expedition. Tina specifically says Expedition with a high uni 10B <laughs> in it, which I mean, at that point, it's a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of chalk. Yeah. Um, like a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Larry said, yeah, there's there's no other paper-like expedition Yupo for pencil. It must be a softer graphite. Firmer with a super pointy point will will catch when you're writing. He also really loved Northerly, which is the Ooh. first book that he wrote exclusively and with pencil, which we didn't even mention, yeah, which is true. also a great edition. I've never seen one in yeah. person, so that's probably <laughs> just like, yeah. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Chris Chris from the, the, the community says that reticle on the coastal sucks for pencil. You can't yeah. read a thing. That um, is right. <laughs> yeah. John John Moore says, love, love, love both the dime novel and end papers. And we didn't even mention end papers for pencil. Okay, for fountain pens too. I like the extra tooth on those papers, so much so that I've looked into sourcing the paper they use for dime novel and making my own Ooh, notebooks cool. out of it. That would be yeah. awesome. And Tiffany really likes those thin reporter notepads, which she uses a lot. But because the binding was was spiral and they were so thin, the graphite would smudge, which I which yeah, I totally see. I do wish that I do wish that front page slash bylines were just like a little thicker, but like yeah. more pages. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, but I like that that one's gone through so many phases. They did the limited one, and then front page, and then they reversed the covers, and that's like by far the coolest looking one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Any any closing thoughts about field notes? I don't know. Like, I just yeah. hope to keep going. Yeah. Here's to the next yeah. 50. I don't it, know, like, yeah. yeah. In 20, let's see, 2046. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. We'll come back here and talk about 100. No. no. Right? Like 12 and, a half, 12 and a half more years. What is? 30, I don't, 36. I don't know. No, 30. Thirty-three. You're right. Twenty thirty-three. I don't know. You scared oh me God. for a second. I was like, "What? No, we're going to be old by then." I mean, twenty thirty-three is still yes, quite a ways away. Yes, it is. <laughs> Will we still be podcasting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll be holograms. You know what? I bet. Yeah. If they can, if they can keep going, we can keep going. And if if anyone is going to keep doing it, they will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jim's probably going to want to retire sometime. I hope that after. He does that. <laughs> Brian will keep on and keep it on or something. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to what's, to what's next. I, you know, we, I love to, I love to raz on the, the field notes community, field nuts community, but I, I mean, it's, there's such a source of information and detail. Frustration. And, you know, they, <laughs> frustration, <laughs> but yeah. They're such an intense, but like really passionate yes, community. Yeah. And I mean, I think that certainly bleeds through to our community as well, but they're not mutual exclusive. We have like a lot of crossovers. So just a big mm-hmm. fan of what they do. My my collection is well past stable mm-hmm. at this point. Maybe someday, like when I die, like somebody will, I'm sure they won't be worth anything at that point, but somebody will get used <laughs> out of it. Yeah. All right. Should we, uh, should we button this up? Yeah. Let's yeah, cool. Tim, where can find people find you on you the can internet? Find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Johnny, how about you? Alan, you can find me on the web at pencilrevolution.com, on social media at pencilution, and you can buy my so awesome colorful zines on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash pencilrevolution. Nice. And I am Andy. I am on the internet at andy.wtf and Twitter and Instagram as at awelfly. If you want to buy one of my zines, go to 404.computer. 
And this is the Erasable Podcast. We are on the web at erasable.us. To find a recording and show notes and eventually a transcript of this episode, go to erasable.us slash 164. You can also find us on the socials at, at Erasable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I well said LinkedIn. We're not on LinkedIn. And <laughs> if you if you like what you're hearing and you would like to throw a little financial support our way, we have a Patreon. That is patreon.com slash erasable. And I speaking of which I would like to thank some of our some of our patrons at the producer level, which is at ten dollars a month or more. And those folks are Judy Molnar, David Johnson, Larray Smith, Phil Munson, Nate Raybeck, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Burkhout, Harry Marks, Allison Zapeda, Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Andrew Squish, greatest last name ever, Ali Sarah, Jamelia, Stephen Fansali, Aaron Willard, O.A. Pryor, K.P., Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Adam Prabola, Jacqueline Myers. You know, I just had a thought. You know how like the Animaniacs did that thing where they like sing the nations of the world in like, yes. a rhyme? <laughs> what if we did that with our subscribers? Oh, gosh. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll work yeah. on that. <laughs> we can make that happen. No. <laughs> Back to it. Oh, Jacqueline we Meyer. We just, we'll just <laughs> yeah. auto-tune you. Let's th- yeah, that's, let's a good, just, that's a good point. Let's just let's yeah, just, just me. You just read it, and we'll just like make a melody and just auto tune it. Yeah, that'll, let's do it. Tana Feliz inside Joe Craze. <laughs> Measure twice. Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, John Bainan, Bill Clow, Random Thinks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger. Fourth letter, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Nudelman, Terry Beth, Jay Newton, Stuart Lennon, Dave Tubman, Chris Jones, and John Wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we will talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, David will turn it off. Mm.